0: IT'S THE SUPER NINETIES BROTHERS!!! I mean, where are the ordinary, everyday women? They don't exist because this is a movie! No, this is California.
1: Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers, Ow! where we do hazy memory riffs of the most waffle-stomping decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer, along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler, and today we're talking about Last Action Hero. Ow! Well, it's here, Adam. We're finally talking about the greatest action movie of the 90s. Yep. So, um, how you been? The greatest action hero... What do you mean movie? Greatest action action movie of the 90s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get um, into that later, but I want to know how you're doing now, Adam.
0: I'm good. Good. It's almost Seahawks season. Um, for those of you new to the podcast, Brent and I are both like seaaholics and um, that's not a real thing. I just made that up. But uh,
1: anyway, yeah, I'm good. How are you? I've heard Seahawkaholic. Um I'm that sounds, good. That's I got uh, the extra syllable. Doesn't work. I what? I'm I'm doing good. It's um, you know we're <laughs> I always turn to the weather because I'm sitting near a window. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm doing great. I you know I'm podcasting a lot and a lot's changing in my life. You know, like just going through those changes, Adam. You know, mm-hmm. start, the
0: the summer into fall changes.
1: Yes. Um, you know my colors are you know they're gonna go from colorful to something less colorful
0: yeah the the leaves will be falling soon reminding us all of our own mortality
1: um that's true but since it's august and we wanted to do a special series for august adam why don't you introduce it arnold august that's right we're gonna do i think we're gonna do three different arnold schwarzenegger movies from the 90s uh some of his best hitters best hitters biggest hitters we'll
0: never get to three we'll nev- yeah never
1: never we won't do it we'll probably do two um let's but, do two but but like, lofty goals would be three yeah um,
0: loftier than we can claim
1: <laughs> you know for people who, for someone who has nothing going on in his life it's really hard for me to do a podcast for some reason with you um Brennan's like hurting cats like he he cannot be tended to he cannot be
0: cannot be claimed
1: you know what i mean just that's you you know and you want to podcast on the weekends and that's hard for me to podcast on the weekends because that's when abby's home and we're you know we have stuff going on we had a garage sale two weeks ago um we went to seattle this last weekend um i want to say something i had a garage sale two weeks ago i sold a handful of old video games to some like loose video games like that i've been storing in my basement Sold them all for like a hundred and fifty dollars, like, and they were just like old Super Nintendo games. But like these games, like if you go look them up, twenty five dollars a pop. Who knew video games had, you know, gotten such bigger, higher in value over the years? So do you have, do you have anything else you're holding on to that's like valuable? Um, no. You know, I have a shitload of garbage pail kids. Ooh, you like, are they, are they in like sheets? No. Oh, they're like loose. Yeah. You, you know, so there's this, um, website. I don't know what it's called. This is really bad podcasting, but there's a website where you can send all your old cards and lots for like a certain amount of money. And then they will, they'll then tell you the value of your, your collection and, and I should do that. I I
0: know that I've got a few really rare brutal Brad cards. There's this like domestic violence card that mm. are pretty rare. And I've got like 5 of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely I bet there is like a a collectors like like people that are collecting garbage pill kids, especially if people that like need the whole collection and stuff like that. So The
0: the really valuable ones are all like mint, and none of mine are mint.
1: Yeah, you got to they got to be mint.
0: Like that's how they're graded now, you know. So anyway, um, enough about collectibles back to Arnold August, uh, last action hero, pretty good, pretty good topic. And, um, if you guys like our topics, what you can do is help us out by giving us those kick-ass five-star reviews on Apple to Apple iTunes music. Um, you can help us out by just giving it the stars or leaving us a review or sharing the show or emailing the show. Contact us at Super90sBrothers at gmail.com if you have a show request or if you think we suck or if you think I have great hair. Or you could add us at Super90sBrothers on Twitter. My website is AdamPitzler.com. You can check me out and check out some of my work. At Bro po Mode. you can reach out to Bren But anyway, check out the show. We hope you like Last Action Hero. So
1: let's talk about it. Um, yeah, when did this movie debut, Brennan? This movie debuted June eighteenth, nineteen 1993, with a budget of eighty-five million dollars and a total box office of one hundred and thirty-seven million. Ow. June eighteenth, nineteen ninety-three. That's my wife's fourth birthday.
0: Oh. <laughs> when you're when you're six years older than your wife and you're in your thirties, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But no. like age ten versus age four seems really weird. That does seem weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird and creepy. <laughs> um,
1: uh. But
0: this movie made fifty. This movie had so when when we look up total box office, it gives us the amount to date. Just FYI, oh, okay. that's not what it made that when it was out.
1: It's it's to date. So that's, that includes re-releases of Last Action Hero.
0: Yeah, and it includes syndication and like money it made when it was on a TNT and shit oh, like that.
1: Did it? Does it really? It includes all that stuff in it. I didn't know that. Okay, total box office is supposed to be the total money
0: it made. Gotcha. Um, in so anyway, um, long story short, it made about fifty million and 15 yeah so it doesn't seem like it was a big money maker but it was like that's a you know that's a really
1: good profit no yeah i mean i feel like this movie was well let's get into like how old you you when you saw it so 1993 we were just on the verge of being 10 year olds nine year olds like in in i guess third grade yeah so like but i remember seeing this this trailer a lot when I was a kid because was I mean, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and, but I remember the real draw for me was like, oh, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he's with like a kid. It's like, it's like a buddy, it's a buddy cop. I mean, I wasn't thinking it was a buddy cop movie, but like, I mean, that's basically what it is, but I was really like being a fan of Arnold. I was like really excited to go see this movie because it's, you know, it was a summer, summer blockbuster and, and it had arguably the biggest Hollywood star at the time, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say arguably he was the because he was he was Hollywood. Uh, so when so when
0: Danny's trying to convince Arnold that he's in a movie, he's like, I'm I'm great buddy material. I'll teach you to be vulnerable. You teach me to be brave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. It, it was good buddy cop. I mean, what I think is interesting most about when this movie is released is that like his most recent big success action was Terminator 2. Mm. So if, if you kind of think about like the legacy of Arnold and you're, you're going through the nineties, right. And he's doing shit like Terminator two. And then the next thing he does is last action hero, which is a much tonally different movie. It's sort of a satire. I mean, this movie's a big satire, which isn't, you know, something that you see a lot of big stars do. Those are typically like Leslie Nielsen movies. And this was a satire with a big budget done with like a real action star and a real action director and it had this whole angle, but it
1: was still a satire. Yeah. And I don't know that a lot of people got over that. I think that's fair. And I didn't actually looking at his, you know, filmography, like I didn't realize this was his first movie back from Terminator Two, like his first big movie. Uh yeah, he kinda like went off he did Terminator Two and then he kind of stopped making movies for like two years it looks like. Um so interesting choice to come back with, but like, obviously he had done, you know, your, some of your favorite action movies, Commando, Terminator, Predator. Like, I don't know what your th- thoughts are on running man, but I like running man. Um, but yeah. And then total recall obviously, but he had like a, a big run of just like a lot of action movies. And then he threw in a couple of comedies in there too, like twins and kindergarten cop. Uh, but yeah, this is interesting. It, it is a set. I mean, obviously it's a satire. It's a, and it's, I think it, I mean, so how old are you when you saw it? Did you go see us in the theater, Adam? I didn't. I I remember,
0: I think we talked about this in our Waterworld podcast. I remember there was a lot of like bad pub around this movie. I remember a lot of people said it wasn't good, that it was stupid, mm. that Arnold was too serious at times. And I am you know, it was all, I wouldn't say that it turned me off as a kid, but I would say that I, I, I never got the opportunity to see in the theater.
1: Hmm yeah i i saw us moving to theater i mean it was like my heyday of going to see movies like in the summer like my mom or our next door neighbor would literally drop me and my buddy off at the theater and we'd go watch whatever movie was out at the time and and rockadoodle and rockadoodle um and yeah it's so weird that people parents would just drop their nine-year-old kids off at the theater and just like let them go see a movie see you later that's
0: that's nothing. When we were dropping us off, they, w- they were telling us, you know, when I was your age, my kids, my parents were dropping you us off in the park 10 miles away, then driving off for two days, leaving <laughs> us with nothing but a spittoon. And you're like, what? <laughs> so um, anyway.
1: So when did you see this for the first time then?
0: When it was on rental, I'm oh, sure. Okay. I, I don't. I don't have a first time story. So if you have one, go ahead. Otherwise, I think you should move on to
1: my favorite segment. Let's just move on to it. Let's go. Let's go to it. And here it is.
0: Brennan's bad synopsis.
1: That's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna break down um, the plot of this movie, um, which is my you know obviously what I'm really good at in life is breaking down and telling stories about how movies came about, not how they came about, but you know the plot of a movie. So I'm gonna do that right here. Um, so Danny Madigan is a a young loner, little boy. Uh, yeah, I would say he's like twelve. Would you say he's twelve? He's probably twelve. And he is loves he loves Arnold Schwarzenegger movies specifically the the Jack Slater movies and he goes and hangs out in a old theater in downtown Times Square where this old man befriends him and lets him watch movies i I would assume for free and so he he loves Jack Slater the new Jack Slater's coming out and um the 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 movie theater owner he's like come here at midnight and we you can view the Jack Slater five and the kid is like he's so excited he he's anticipating going to see the movie he gets jumped before the movie starts I never understood this part why he gets jumped but he gets jumped and he's almost late but he ends up making it there for the for the screening and. That, Despite a quick stop at the police station. <laughs> beside a quick stop at the police station, right. Uh, he's literally looking at his clock, and it says, like, 11.15. He's like, okay, it's time to make my way to the movie theater. But his mom's like, they live in, like, Times Square in, like, the early 90s. So this place is fucking rough. And he's, like, leaving. And as soon as he opens the door, he gets jumped. And and then he goes, and then they show us, like, a little couple clips of him in the, like going to the station and stuff like that. And then, oh, luckily, it's he has... About ten minutes to get to the movie theater. When it's all said and done, time frame does not make any sense. Gets well, I there. think
0: I think that his old man friend set like waited for him. Oh, he's because the old man friend is like I almost gave up on you. <laughs>
1: uh, he gets there. the The theater owner gives him this special golden ticket from Houdini. From Houdini, I, I wasn't going to forget that. And yes, were. and he tells him that this. I don't... It tells him that his ticket is special. I don't... It, that's all he tells him. It's magic. It's magic. It's the, from Houdini. Yeah, from Houdini. So... Start the movie. Kid has the ticket in his hand. And... Watch it in like the... And it's opening sequence. Well, it's... Yeah, it's the opening action sequence. Uh, Jack Slater is being... Like, is chasing... the. I don't know... He's getting chased or are they chasing him? I think they're chasing him. Uh... And they're like throwing TNT at them and shooting them, and then all of a sudden they throw another piece of TNT and it comes into the theater, and the kids like in disbelief, like why is there like is this like a we had like a a movie where like stuff like this happens? No, 3D. we're not we're not 3D. I was trying to think like a different type of not not 3D. Um, well, anyways, he runs towards the front of the theater and then falls into Jack Slater's car. Um, Ta-da. And so now, now this kid is in, Danny Madigan, is in this movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, a.k.a. Jack Slater, and hilarity ensues, and the kid has to explain to him that he's actually an action hero in a movie, and keeps on pointing out all the, 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 how he is in a movie, and like... The
0: the cliches and the tropes.
1: And basically, I, I think the idea, I think the plot is that they're trying to catch this bad guy... Um, and I, I don't know who the bad guy is. I forget. Uh, is it the the guy with the red eye? Charles Dance. Um, Benedict. Ben, oh, sorry, Benedict. Charles Dance is the. is, is Charles, Charles Dance, Dance the, is the actor. The actor. Okay, gotcha. Um, and yeah, they're chasing him to to kill him or catch him or whatever. Um, and then he ends up getting a hold of the kid's ticket, and now he can go into the real world, into the parallel universe, and he thinks he can use this as a way to, like, go between worlds and, like, be a real super villain. And in, and in that, he brings back one of Arnold's old nemesis from Jack Slater 4, the, the guy, the Ripper who killed his son. And now they're... So they all get back to the real world. Now, all the tropes of you know action movies are no longer happening you arnold schwarzenegger gets if he gets shot he gets shot if he punches a window he hurts his hand and so now he has to be a real action hero in the real world and long story short he ends up they end up killing the guy with the red eye um and all good things are happening. But, but in that time, he is shot in the stomach or in somewhere by the. And they have to get him back to his movie or else he's really going to die, which I don't actually know what the real consequences are. Like, will he just be replaced by another version of himself? Will Jack Slater end? Like, I don't we know. We can get to that <laughs> later. But uh, basically, in the end, they, he gets back to, to the movie and he decides he doesn't want to be an action hero anymore. He wants to be a magician. And uh, I don't know if that's actually where this goes. But yeah, I mean, you can wrap up some of this probably a lot better than I, but like it's about, it's about, it's making fun of movie, making fun of action movies with the biggest action star at the time. And which is funny because he has a ton of one-liners that he uses all the time, which he uses in this movie and they call him out on it. And there's a lot of this, like I will say the biggest, the the most fun in this movie, ha- the most fun this movie has is when they're in, you know, the movie and the buddy cop aspect of it happens. And, and they just kind of point out how bad action movies are and like all the pitfalls that they fall into.
0: Well, I think is so amazing is that Arnold Schwarzenegger was such a star and so cool. There's like a genre built around him, right? These action cop revenge you know, thrillers. It's Mm -hmm. like his own genre through the eighties into the early nineties. And so much so that they wrote a movie kind of teasing that genre, but made him the star gave it a huge budget, $85 million budget cast him, got the director from die hard and like, did it like a real action movie. Like that is just that, that to have the kind of gravitas to get a movie built around your career like that there's Arnold there's you know John Wayne there's
1: three or four others like ever in history that have that kind of cloud mm. that's interesting yeah the, uh that I didn't realize it was di- that it was directed by the diehard guy um yeah it, I would say it was just I don't I think this movie was too soon like I think we're in the middle of all like of the action like craze like there's this Action movies after action movies like they were the the Marvel movie of the time like and I think that they were coming out and just making fun of it like so early in the 90s I think that might have been why it was just not received as well um, maybe there is because I think going back on this it's aged pretty well and we'll get into that but like but yeah Arnold Jack Slater like what did you think of his character like I thought it, he go ahead before th- before that it has a really well and you know um
0: i was recently watching these videos about like stallone and arnold and talking about the rivalry and stallone was talking about arnold always ripping him off and doing what he was doing rambo versus commando Mm. but the expendables is totally like this Mm. like the expendables is just like last action hero we're just going to be a bunch of aging action stars doing a bunch of cliches and tropes but it's going to be cool because we're using a real budget Mm and the expendables is is very well received people really like it because it knows what it is and i think you're spot on if last action hero had been released 15 years later i think it would have been a lot more popular at the time it was just like you're making fun of what we still think is cool
1: right yeah um and i think i i think the story in there like there's pieces of it that just like don't make sense too that may might have made it like people like have it not make much sense like they it kind of just seems like this movie was kind of thrown together. Yeah. Um, it's too long. There's too much going on. There's too much character drama
0: with like the little boy and his mom. And it's like, you could have, <laughs> it's two hours and 11 minutes, which is mm. too long for an action satire. Yes. Like that, like any, first of all, any comedy ever needs to be under two hours. That's a fucking rule. F you Judd Apatow. It should be under two hours. <laughs> and like, especially a satire with Arnold Schwarzenegger. How much character building do you need of this little boy? Like and his mom, like, what are we doing? Who cares?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do you want to go next? You want to go into the characters or do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk about
0: Arnold. He's playing Jack Slater. What's I mean, jet Arnold is really playing a caricature of his own movie persona, like stuck inside a movie world. Like Britain said, and the, the kind of, the interesting thing or the twist is that he's a, he's an action hero who's confronted with the realization that he is a fictional character. And he has sort of like this existential crisis about it. Like, what do you mean? I'm fictional. What do you mean? I I'm not real. What do you mean? I don't exist. What do you mean? I'm only superhuman because somebody wrote it that way. Like it's a really unique angle. And if you had somebody that wasn't actually uh, a legit movie star like action star i don't think it works at all but because it's arnold you could maybe envision him having some of those similar thoughts like oh people only think i'm cool because i'm cool in a movie you know mm-hmm. what i mean like look at me i was like mr universe
1: yeah uh that is that is it is interesting uh i really yeah I, I enjoyed this version of him i mean this is really when he was starting to really change his like he was trying to paint change his persona at the time because he he had done twins he had done kindergarten cop and like he was kind of just seen as like a yeah an action star and he really wanted to do more funny you know more i guess more like yeah more clever characters and i think his next movie i mean he nails it with uh why a true lies because um, it's it's a good it's a really good action movie but he plays an action hero that's also has like is in the pitfalls of having a regular life um so
0: i mean i agree that one was much more 90s um so to get into some of that like existential crisis we've got a drop ready for you
1: the in the house
0: <laughs> you ready for anything wait where are you going
1: i'll be back ha you did not gonna say that, did you?
0: That's what you always say. I do. Everybody keeps waiting for you to work it in. It's kind of like your calling card. I understand. So you see the little boy like predicting what he's gonna do, telling him, "Yeah, you always do that.
1: We all know what you're gonna do. Like you're a cliche." He really did do that in like every movie, though.
0: No, I know, and it was it was you know the that's kind of like who else does that? Who else has their own tagline where it doesn't matter who wrote the script or who's directing it, where you get to say that at some point in your movie.
1: There, there are a couple. I mean, I I mean, like Paulie Shore, maybe. I mean, Paulie Shore. Uh, that is weird that they like, they just let, uh, Christopher Walken gets to dance in all his movies. Um, does, does he, that, that's like a thing that if you ever watch a Christopher Walken movie, he always has a scene where he's dancing. Um, like does it, anyways but yeah like there i feel like there are other ones that i can't think of right now but yeah well, well anyway we hear schwarzenegger
0: talking to the little boy so the little boy is the other principal in this movie um named danny madigan this is played by the young actor austin o'brien who is the the boy from good my girl Two, but i don't remember him from anything else if you ever saw my girl Two, which you might have
1: because my girl one was good uh, yeah I uh, mean he he's in a, he he's in a, he was in a couple of made for TV like Disney movies that were like had dino- like miniature dinosaurs in them um anyways th- I forgot what they're called but yeah he was strangely around for like five years in the 90s and then he's disappeared so he a,
0: I used to always confuse him from one of the Harrison Ford movies I think the one where the little kid is the witness. And he oh, yeah. references that kid in this movie, and I always thought it was an inside movie joke that he was that kid because I never actually saw that Harrison Ford movie when I was a kid. Uh,
1: yeah, don't th- I'm not sure. Yeah, he. I don't think he was, he was not in that movie.
0: Uh, All right. Well, anyway, um, so his character Danny Madigan is like Brennan said he's a loner and he's obsessed with Schwarzenegger movie. That's totally like me and Brennan. We were totally obsessed with Schwarzenegger movies we could quote them. I remember me and my buddies would just watch them like back to back. So he was like a lot of kids at that age in the nineties, that time, like we just thought Arnold Schwarzenegger was the coolest. His movies were the best. We couldn't wait for them to come out. Um, and he comes from kind of like, you know, a single mom who's broke and she lives in a bad part of times square. And he's not good at school. He's always like cutting. And he has this one old creepy friend who owns this shitty theater in a rat's nest that's about to be remodeled and purchased by somebody else. It's like dilapidated. Mm-hmm. And uh, this creepy old theater guy befriends him, and they watch Schwarzenegger movies together. And it's as good a friendship as I've ever had.
1: So. <laughs> uh, the old guy so, played, by, play, is played by Robert Prosky, who's really, I, I would say hes he's famous from a lot of things. I remember him mostly from Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, yeah,
0: he he was, like, the boss in Mrs. Doubtfire, and in that great scene at the end at the restaurant where, like, um, Robin Williams is running back and forth. And so that he's, like, most memorable for that. And then he was also in The Great Outdoors. He was, like, um, the cabin the cabin landlord. Oh, yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was in other good stuff, too. I like Robert Prosky, or however you say it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, anyway, Danny Manigan's role in movies kind of, like, to help Arnold see who he really is, which is he's an action movie
1: star, but that's a pretty cool fucking thing to be. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say there's much. Else. I, You know what? It was funny. The kid, I mean, the kid, Austin O'Brien who plays him, he does a, he does a really good job of being an every kid. And I think, I mean, I wonder if they were, I wonder what the casting was like on this because there were so many different young kids that could have played this part that like, could have maybe made the movie better and more like, like make it a financial success. But I wonder if they did, they like cast an unknown unknown on purpose. Um, oh, you mean like cast Macaulay Culkin and sell more tickets some shit like that? Well, that's, well, that's exactly what I thought they w- should have done. I mean, I was wa- when I was watching, I was just like, could it, could Macaulay Culkin played this character? I'm like, yeah, I think he could have actually. And I think it might've actually made it a much m- bigger success.
0: Um, I think people, yeah, I think you're right. I think people would have, I think more people would have gone and saw it. But I think if I'm the casting director, I would want an every kid like right. that. That that makes totally more sense to me as a storyteller. But to sell tickets, fuck yeah, I'd want Macaulay
1: Culligan. <laughs> the funny thing is, when I was watching this, is I honestly thought. This kid could have been you, Adam, when you were that age. He looked a lot like you. He has like, a, he has a, it looks kind of like you. And he makes like facial expressions that I would imagine that you would make if you were an actor, a young actor, like doing a little overacting as a child. So uh, take you could take that as a compliment. That is like a, a slam or anything like that. But he, I kind of. Sl-
0: what a slam.
1: <laughs> no, um,
0: I, I agree. I was like that kid. He was a little kid who loved
1: Schwarzenegger movies. Yeah, um, yeah. Other characters. I mean, obviously, it was Benedict. Um, you know, the villain with the red eye. Um, <laughs> and I, you want you to tell this little quip. So, uh, yeah, he
0: should so Alan Rickman was the bad guy in Die Hard, And it's like one of our, it's like a famous role, right? If you know, action movies, you know that role. Mm-hmm. So one day Charles dance showed up on the set of last action hero with a shirt that said, I'm cheaper than Alan Rickman because everyone knew that his role in this movie was based on Alan Rickman's character in Die Hard. Um, so that, that shows you the kind of sense of humor he had and a sense of self, um, But yeah, he, I mean, he's the British guy. He's got a British accent he's got a creepy eye. He's like a dead aim, you know, uh, what's the word, Marksman. And uh, he likes to double cross people and kill shit, you know? So he's he's a good bad guy. I would say that he's overly menacing or overly conniving. He's just a
1: kind of a run-of-the-mill bad guy. Yeah, they were were playing off of, you know, that character from Die Hard. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say there's much else other than like, Every scene he's in, he's just always kind of he's kind of just maniacal, and he's just kind of has like so, has, has like a one liner. And his his big thing is that he has an eye that's fake, and he they use the eye for a couple of different uh, it's like a bomb, it's like a bomb, scene. yeah, yeah. So.
0: so I mean, the movie gets you know the movie kind of gets going when Danny Madigan goes into the action movie world, mm-hmm. but then the movie gets unique. When this villain finds the ticket and leaves action movie world and accidentally stumbles into aka the real world and discovers that he was a movie a fictional character and decides that the real world is much less stringent on bad guys and is much more a place for him, has more sin available perhaps, and he decides to take advantage, so he he uh he decides to test his limits. Hello. I've just shot somebody. I did it on purpose. I said I have murdered a man, and I want to confess. I hey, shut up down there.
1: <laughs> I like
0: that guy. Idea. <laughs> that's 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 how I always thought of New York when I was a kid.
1: I mean, that probably was pretty accurate of New York in the you know eighties and early nineties. Um and probably you know still today I would imagine someone yeah so so his character is not overly unique but what does get cool is that
0: he discovers the the power he's wielding in his magic ticket and he does what I thought was a really interesting thing which was he starts recruiting other movie villains out of their movies to help him kill Jack Slater and take over the quote real world and he recruits death played by Ian McKellen out of some old like black and white movie and he recruits the ripper from a from a previous Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger's character's son was murdered by this guy and this guy's name is the ripper And he's this kind of gruesome axe murderer dude played by Tom Noonan. And he's actually really fucking creepy. He's the creepiest part of this movie by far is this dude, the Ripper. He's got like this big like Gordon's Fisherman rubber suit on, but this nasty like Viking medieval war axe that he's flinging around and he's killing kids. You know, I don't know. He's, He's fucking badass. And he gets pulled out of the movie world into the real world to help Benedict and a bunch of other mofos kind of fuck shit up. And that I, and when when I first saw this movie I was like 10 years old I remember thinking that is such a cool idea that you're pulling movie villains out of this and that and like recruiting them.
1: Yeah, it was uh, I thought it was really interesting. There's a good scene with the that the Ripper character and the Ripper character has came out and he's in there at he's actually at the premiere. And then The actor who plays him, Tom Noonan, is there, too, getting, like, interviewed at the same, like, kind of, like, kind of showing the character, the Ripper, and the actual actor, like, at the, kind of the same time. And then his agent finds him, um, finds the Ripper version, and he's, like, kind of, like, giving him a hard time for, like, wearing an outfit to the, to the movie premiere. And, but who was the character, who was the actor playing him? Because I was, like, uh, do you remember who that was? The agent? Yeah no i don't okay never sorry but Um, there
0: was a ton of cameos in this movie a fucking ton like celebrity after celebrity after celebrity like uh Jean-Claude Van Damme, like there's this funny ass scene where they're walking into the police station and T-1000, like Robert Patrick just walks by and the little kids like, Jack, did you see that? Jack T-1000. <laughs> and, uh, there's, a, there's a handful of others. I'm, I'm leaving off like 10 famous people
1: there. Yeah. There was like Jim Belushi, Chevy Chase, uh, Karen Duffy was in it. Uh, Karen Duffy, who is famous for, uh, blank check, blank check. And, yeah dumb, oh, dumb and dumber thank you um but yeah that the police station scene where all the like kind of famous like all, all the
0: cliches come
1: together yeah it's really the, funny the, i was like the fat slob cop gets partnered
0: up with like the prim prissy like lesbian cop and then and then like the 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 militant lesbian feminist gets paired up with like the sardonic cartoon cat that slaps her ass voiced by Danny DeVito.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like the way that they set that up was so funny. Yeah. There is a, there, yeah, the, there's a lot of scenes that like, you're just like, they're making fun of or bringing in other universes. And I just thought it, it was really fun. It really like really clever. Um, And then, I mean, to speak of other, you know, characters that are in this movie that, I, I the only other one that I really want to bring up is <laughs> Bridget Wilson Sam, uh, Sampras who is plays Whitney slash Meredith which I always get very confused why they kept on why the, she has two names because because it, because she has she's a she's a fictional character oh god and, yeah Got and gotcha. so she has
0: an actress name that makes a lot more sense though.
1: yeah <laughs> uh, I was getting confused because I was looking at her name in the. And I was just like why is it why does it have why does she have so two names? Danny
0: keeps calling her by her actress name Meredith but right. her name in the movie world is Whitney. Right. Um So so yeah, Bridget Wilson um who was in Billy Madison and was like everybody's crush for like a year a couple years later And Mortal and Kombat. Mortal Kombat, she was also in I know you did last summer and uh, some other shit. She was in Saved by the Bell when she was younger. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. And then she married Pete Sampras. What the fuck? Yeah. And then she just then she just kinda she stopped acting and she became a stay at home mom. It was always I read this I read an article about her because I was I too was interested in finding out about her after I don't know what I was like watching, but I was just like, whatever happened to her? Like I feel like she could have became a famous actress, but like something weird happened. And no, she just got married to Pete Sampras and decided to just be a stay at home mom. So I think that her best quality was how she looked. Well, I mean, that's true. I think she's probably pretty attractive. Old, like older lady now. So uh, she could have probably stuck through it. All right. Well, while <laughs> we're talking
0: about the supporting characters, F. Murray Abraham oh. is in it. He plays the guy that double crosses Schwarzenegger in the movie, movie, movie. And what's funny about that is the little kid predicts it. The little kid says, watch it. Jack. He killed Mozart in Amadeus. <laughs> like the little <laughs> kid knew that they're going to cast a bad guy to be the bad guy. That was that was great. There was little snippets like that in the movie that was really clever. Like Brennan said,
1: that is. I did not. I did not know. I've never seen Amadeus, uh, but I. Amadeus is a
0: great movie. It is so not what you think. It's is, not really about Mozart. It's about this guy who's obsessed with Mozart and hates Mozart played by f murray abraham and mozart is just like this really annoying obnoxious drunk like like complete weirdo and this dude is like the second best composer in germany or wherever the fuck they are and he just hates mozart and this whole movie is about like him plotting against mozart (laughs) and mozart keeps outdoing him and it's a true story and uh anyway amadeus is good watch amadeus and then tom I want to bring up Tom Noonan one more time as the Ripper because when you watch this movie, he just, he, it seems like he has, it seems like he doesn't really fit in this movie because he's so good. He's so good and so creepy and everyone else is sort of doing that satire thing where it's, it's not really real. And Tom Noonan as the
1: Ripper felt real. What do you think about that? He did feel real. He was really creepy. Um, I don't know anything about Tom, Tom Noonan. I like i i feel like he's probably a pretty famous actor but like he's a, he's a good bad guy act is a good bad okay and yeah he's he, like f murray abraham yeah all right well let's uh let's we're at a good stopping point for a second and let's uh let's get to our uh
0: it's the tunes of the time oh yeah tunes of the time
1: yeah this is where we play you the number one song in america at the time this movie was released this is that's the way love goes by janet jackson there it is that's the way love goes by janet jackson i'm assuming adam like always with r&b music you do not know you've never probably heard this song before
0: i'm (laughs) getting so tired of never knowing what these songs are like (laughs) i i i'm so proud that i never listened to quote popular shit like i i i've but i'm usually loosely familiar like i've heard i i kind of know the songs we're doing Like i've heard them before i have i've never heard this song don't know don't care not interested totally forgettable song i don't even think we should talk very much about it
1: um actually this is i think this might have been my first cd i ever owned um either that (laughs) or mariah carey i don't i never get it i just remember i have this i have this album i had this album and i bought it at the Bought it at Hastings. Um, a little nine-year-old Briton walked into Hastings and bought Mariah Carey and Janet Jackson. And her the album cover of is one of the it's most probably well-known album covers because it's sensual. It it's just her with her hands above her head, head, I think. And then, but then she's being covered. Her, she's naked, and all being covered by her is like an, another hand. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean I so love you, Janet Jackson. You bought it. You bought it cuz she looks sexy. And this on is part. one of the, like and this song is not forgettable. This is like one of the best R&B songs of the 90s. Like it's yeah, on multiple no multiple lists. Um, not
0: interested in. Not interested in those lists.
1: Anyways, I love this song. I love the, I love this video is, makes always makes me feel kind of uncomfortable though cuz it's just like there's like a one th- and a half minute like intro to it of her just hanging out in like a I assume is like a living room, but it also feels like a coffee house. And there are just people like kind of joking it around. It doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make sense. It was just really, it makes me feel really uncomfortable watching it. Um, but yeah, Janet Jackson, she's great. And I love uh, this song.
0: Lo is in the video. There's 11 million views on the official YouTube video. So clearly it's a popular song. Clearly I missed it yet again. <laughs> um, so just imagine you were on, you were in your car in 1993 what were you, what was your parents driving? Do you remember 93? Uh 93 What was, your, what was, what was Bill driving work? I think
1: we at, at that time we might we've probably had our Ford Windstar this like baby like this like electric blue Windstar. Okay.
0: My mom um, had like a like a Ford like a Ford Taurus hatchback that was sort of like a like a neon sparkly green like an emeraldy green. And uh so you're driving in your you're driving in your hatchback Ford yeah. in 1993 on the way to go see a movie. And Janet Jackson's That's the Way Love Goes is on the radio. And you get there, and Last Action Hero sold out. And so we've got a new segment to tell you what you might have seen instead.
1: Bet that snack pack's pretty
0: good. Want to trade me the rest of it for this banana? You
1: know how badly I can beat you, right? Uh, I like that snack pack scene a lot more than the other one. Okay, Uh, but
0: it doesn't really say the titular line, which is this is the snack pack. Oh, where's my snack pack? Where's my... This is the... Well, it's our movie snack pack. What else was going on in the theater at the time? This is where we look at what was in the theaters in June 93. The first one I want to talk about is our namesake, Super Mario Brothers, the movie starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo and that hot chick from pump up the volume um and dennis hopper obviously dennis hopper and and a dinosaur playing yoshi this is such a weird pile of shit movie there's a big black lady that plays like the the giant fish goombas are played by like nine foot henchmen with tiny little lizard brains yoshi's like a literal dinosaur like suffering from animal abuse like chained in a closet somewhere like this movie makes no fucking sense bob hoskins has said repeatedly it, it like really hurt his career he wished he never did it like he thinks it's a terrible
1: movie like it's i hate super mario brothers move let's move on he said he he says that in in death as well um uh Brennan what else was in the theater sleepless in seattle one of the you know greatest romantic comedies of all time uh with you know, obviously Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And uh, honestly, I, I've only ever seen this movie a handful of times. It came out at the wrong time in my life. I was not watching romantic comedies. It, it It's a movie that you should go back and watch if you ever want to watch a, a classic 90s love movie.
0: I, I never liked the implication that because I lived around Seattle, I was supposed to like this movie. Like, it's, it's like a total chick movie. So I was never into it. Yeah. Um, so um yeah the next one is cliffhanger this is a really really underrated action movie i love this action i think this action movie is a lot better than last action hero if i'm being honest um came out by stallone at the time so this was competing like they always did cliffhanger versus last action hero there's this great line from um the guy that plays the dad john lithgow the dad from uh third rock from the sun he goes, I must admit, Walker, you're a real piece of work. And then Stallone goes, and I must admit, Quailin, you're a real piece of shit. (laughs) Um, That's my favorite line from the movie. And I always say it to my buddy Chris
1: Walker. Another movie I never saw. um, I I think I've only ever seen pieces of. I've never watched an entire cliffhanger. I've never seen. Is there a cliffhanger at the end? Do they set you up for cliffhanger 2?
0: No, there's Man. no cliffhanger. That's there's like there's happy in credits.
1: Oh, um, well, the next movie you could have chose to see is Made in America with two America Americans' favorite people, Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson, and then also Will Smith is in it and uh, Nia Long, and there's a handful of other people. I've actually didn't see this movie in the theater, but I've seen this movie. Um, there's like a romance, it's right? It's like a romance between Whoopi Goldberg and Ted Danson. And this movie's okay. And I, I th- think this movie's I, okay. I believe that Nia Long is trying to find her real father. And it turns out that Whoopi Goldberg's character had, you know, been artificially inseminated with some, like, she, you, like, by Ted Danson. By right. Ted Danson, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think um, that sounds right. That movie's fine. It's yeah, I mean it's a it's a comedy. Um, I do have one story about another movie that's out at the same time. Was Dennis and Menace? Wow! Um, I saw Dennis and Menace at a early screening. My mom got tickets from someone, and we and I went and saw Dennis and Menace like before it came out in the theater, and like and I just remember being a madhouse because it was just a ton of children there, and they but they were handing out like stuff from the movie, like posters, shit like that. And, um, and I remember really enjoying that like movie in theater. It's a, uh, it was a fun nineties, like comedy. Like it was back when like they were remaking, like all these old, like uh 60s TV shows in the movies. And uh yeah, I, I one of like Walter Mathauer's like last, last movies. So Dennis uh, Menace is pretty good. Actually. I think it's John Hughes. I think, John Hughes did that movie. Oh, and Christopher Lloyd's in it. And Christopher Lloyd plays um, the the sto like the guy on the train who just plays a real creeper and who kind of like terrorizes the town at the end. Um, but he but one of those roles where Christopher Lloyd, you don't realize that that it's actually him.
0: Yeah, he's really good. Um, so anyway, that was our snack pack. Those were the other movies out at the same time as Last Action Hero. You might have enjoyed.
1: Uh, we should add. A, we should add a piece of this. If you showed up to the theater, you were expecting to see Last Action Hero, and you have these four in front of you, or, or five. Which one are you going to see most likely? Cliffhanger. You're going to go see Cliffhanger as a as a as a If, I'm, if I'm
0: showing up to see an action movie and I can't see an action movie, I'm going to go see the other action movie, Cliffhanger. You're not That's seeing amazing. Super. You're not seeing Super Mario Brothers. Oh uh, well. Yeah, maybe I would have because I'm stupid.
1: Like
0: if, <laughs> if I had a if I had a fucking adult around that told me no, you're going to see Cliffhanger,
1: I would sure pat them on the back. That's true. Um, I'm probably seeing Super Mario Brothers with 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 the caveat of uh, Dennis the Menace and um, Dennis Dennis the Menace was written by John Hughes. He didn't direct it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, those are some. There's and there's another one that we might do someday. Would be Dave. Dave is a great. Uh, we're not movie. doing Dave. Dave's great. great. I love Dave. Dave's such. Dave's a fine. Good. But it's, pre- is a good presidential movie. It's um, fine. I'd rather watch that than like CNN. Okay. Well, let's get into our favorite scenes of the Last Action Hero. Um,
0: so my. So we talked about the scene where they're at the cop station and all the cliches happen, which is a really good scene. But we'll skip that one. Uh, a really good scene is there's a there's like somebody in the mafia is having this big fancy funeral on a rooftop. And I can't remember why Arnold's there. Oh, there's a bomb gonna blow up. And so Arnold's there trying to trying to hijack this dead body of this giant fat Italian guy that is stuffed with an explosive. And Arnold's there trying to hijack him from the mafia who is all there to pay this fat guy respect. So of course everybody like pulls out their like you know AK 47 out of their their black, you know, muff. And all these mafia people start shooting at Arnold. And there's this crazy scene where he's like, he's flying around with a wrecking ball and this dead body attached to him, and it blows up in like a a rooftop pool or some shit. It's just a really fun scene.
1: It blows up in the La Brea tar pits.
0: That's right, the tar
1: pit. The tar pits, um, and it's really funny because there, this scene has you know Austin O'Brien in it where he's at the tar pits. In the next movie that he's in, which is My Girl 2, there's a scene with him and the main character of My Girl 2 uh, at the La Brea Tar Pits. It's really it's a really weird thing I know, but like it's something I noticed when I was much younger. Uh is like this guy was in two scenes 2 years a year apart from each other at the La Brea Tar Pits. Anyways, wow. You're practically the Rain Man over here. Practically. Um I did my my favorite scene Ha- I really enjoy the first scene where, where the kid get, gets into the movie and like they're in a car chase and all this, all this yeah. typical, like stuff's happening. And he's like the, pointing the, the it bad out.
0: Guy, the bad guys are like chasing them in a truck, and there's like four bad guys in the back of the truck, and they have a box of dynamite with a flare attached to it that's constantly lit so they can easily light and throw the dynamite. It is so like it's it's really funny cuz that's it's like the most unique contrived henchman thing you've ever
1: seen, but they're doing it like it's totally normal. Right. Uh Yeah, then they like it, and then there's a bunch of like Arnold Oh, that's another funny thing. Arnold goes they they go into like the LA River, which he was in which he's in the LA River in his previous movie. <laughs> uh Terminator 2. Anyways, and they uh, do all this Things that you could not do in a car that they're just making fun of. Uh, What other scenes do you like, Adam?
0: Oh, I really like the movie premiere at the end. Mm -hmm. It's sort of the climax is the premiere of the new Jack Slater movie that Danny was watching like a pre-screening of. Um, And so the real Arnold is there and a fake Arnold is there. Like the real Ripper is there. And, you know, the movie Ripper is there, like Brennan said. And the, the problem is the real Ripper is there kill, and he's got like Danny Manigan hostage. And he's sort of like recreating the scene from this other Jack Slater movie that he was in where he kills Jack Slater's son. And I, I think it's my favorite because there's all this weird like reality versus faux reality jokes and confrontations. There's a ton of cameos. And then you've got Tom Noonan, who I think is the creepiest part of this movie, as the central antagonist in that scene. And I, I just think he's such a better bad guy than Benedict.
1: Mm, he he is a much better bad guy. Um yeah, that's probably why they brought him back, right? And why they introduced him at the beginning. He I don't think he'd be a good bad guy throughout an entire movie, but like um, but yeah, I he's so use it right.
0: Anyway, so I like that movie. And and anyway, I was gonna ask you, Brennan. So I remember thinking about this as if I was a kid and don't, and don't think about this too much, but like, if you can think of like one or two movies that you would want to be sucked into a la Houdini's golden ticket, what would they
1: be? And why? I, I, it happened. The first one that came to mind was Jurassic park as a kid. Cause I want to get eaten by the dinosaur. I want to see the dinosaurs. Um, You're going to get eaten by a I'm velociraptor. Gonna, I'm going to get eaten. Um, that you, would pick, have, that,
0: you pick. Yeah. That's a weird choice. Why is that a real choice?
1: Cause you're gonna get eaten. You're gonna get fucking eaten. Well, you pick one like blank check, like you, you get a million bucks. Well, that million dollars didn't go very far.
0: Yeah, well, that's because that fucking kid spent it. You'd be smarter than that dumbass kid. <laughs> um,
1: that what was about my like, choice. Dumb,
0: what about like dumb and dumber? What if you could go on that road trip with them live? I mean, that would be that'd be fun. That'd be fun, right? Like, I think that's what well, you that's mean. If you horrifying.
1: go into the movie, like, if you, like, do you get killed in the movie or you just, like, wake up? Do you actually get killed? No, if you, if you die in the movie, you die in real life. Okay. But, well, like, you're not going to die in Dumb and Dumber. That's, that's fair. I, I still choose Jurassic Park. I'm the kid who survives. So, what about, like, what about, like, Alice in Wonderland? That'd be, that's cool. not a, no. I'm saying in she the was, 90s theme too. So,
0: um, yeah, you're lame. You know, you go to Jurassic Park and eat my dinosaurs. That's a lame choice. You're going to be
1: dead. What about, okay. What about back to the future? Do I, can I use time machine or do I have to be in like, just like the 1950s?
0: No, that's a really good choice. Go, go do back to the future from 2021 and talk about how stupid the the 2015 scenes are. And for the love of God, warn you know, (laughs) Michael J. Fox to get on those, those drugs that slow the disease. Like now, like get on them now,
1: buddy. <laughs> uh that's a, what did you choose? Did you did you choose your definitive movie?
0: I mean, I no, I don't think I have a definitive. Okay. I think Alice in Wonderland is a really good choice. Um Yeah. No, I don't no, wait. I know. The Goonies. I want to be a Goonie. Mm. You you would be a good Goonie. You'd be a good Corey I, Feldman. I know. I was about to say I'd take I would kill Corey Feldman in a really dark scene in the beginning like off you know away from the other kids then i would just assume his identity and it would be and i would just go along with the regular goonies until the end when the cops show up like hey that's the kid that killed mouth and everyone looks at me and i just like sort of smile and like jump back back through the the movie screen (laughs) (laughs)
1: um let's get into the this this and that of the production of the production of this movie i would thought it was very interesting if like who wrote and uh who wrote and directed it um let's start there yeah,
0: the writing team, um, or excuse me, the writer Shane Black, who wrote *Lethal Weapons* one and two. He wrote one of my favorite kids movies, *The Monster Squad*. Um, he wrote *Iron Man* three and *The Long Kiss Goodnight*. So, really well polished
1: um, action movie writer wrote *Last Action Hero*. That yeah he he yeah it was really. Uh, can you explain this to me, Adam? There so when in the you've explained this a couple times. Like the first people that are billed are the people who. Wrote it and then keeps on going down, but like then there's a story by, like the story by is just story by man. I wish they would get rid of story by. Story by is like me and you are bullshitting
0: for a weekend about we we figure out like the outline of a plot we like. Okay, and then we're big swinging dicks, and so we hire somebody else to write it, or because we're too busy or don't care or we're not good at screenwriters like that. Story by is just. It's the story. It's a general concept, mm. but like that's nothing like any screenwriter tell you that's not, that's fucking nothing. That's not hard work. Like
1: right. the, 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 script is like anybody can come up with an idea. It's how you execute it. I see. I, I just thought it was really interesting that Zach Penn, who has came, who came up with the story behind a lot of different um, Marvel movies. What it this was his first story by. Um, mm. And so I, I thought that was, super interesting so that is interesting um
0: Um, so yeah and then uh carrie fisher did a rewrite of this which i thought was funny she did some other rewrite of some other movie we had pitched on super 90s brothers that's escaping me now but it was another one that you wouldn't have suspected and it was recently um and then the movie was directed by john mctiernan who did die hard die hard three predator the hunt for red October and he also did the 13th warrior which is a pretty badass Antonio Banderas action movie that came out a few years after this um you guys should totally check out that I would do on the show um but what's funny is in the the scene where Arnold and Danny Manigan are in the movie store and they're looking at like a poster of Terminator 2 and it's got Stallone in it instead of Arnold there's movies in the background like movies that you can see that are like oh I wonder why they're plug, plugging those movies in it. And it's like, it's it's this director's movies. It's like Die Hard and <laughs> for Red October. So that's how they did that. Um, so they got movie plugs of the director's own movies in the movie <laughs> store scene. That is uh, funny. Yeah. So another thing that I thought was kind of funny about this whole thing is there was a great char- character already satiring um, Schwarzenegger on The Simpsons and his name was McBain. And come to find out the character and the general idea by this... What was his name? Zach Penn? Yeah. The, so I guess the was inspired by this this character on The Simpsons, McBain. We've got a drop for you. Look that meeting. Right now, I'm thinking about holding another meeting in bed.
1: Oh, McBain. Mm. <laughs> the <that> <laughs> what are you... That's a random clip, but like that was a was that a recurring like thing in Simpsons? I don't I don't remember that at all.
0: No, I just like his delivery. Like right now, I'm thinking of another meeting with you in bed. Like that's a really good Arnold caricature voice. And um, McBain was just it would come on on the Simpsons a few times and just play for a few seconds. There's never there's not a lot of of good quotes or good scenes. Right. But then but then they like worked his. His act the actor that plays McMain is named Rainier Wolfcastle. And then he like moves to Springfield later in the show and like Bart dates his daughter. It's like as the Simpsons went on, all those little piddly characters, they all got like full-fledged backstories and family growth, and like they just ran out of ideas, right? Yeah,
1: right. That's that's funny. Um so you know like so Arnold's pretty vocal about why this movie bombed. He he said that it was like early woke culture like
0: like before woke was a thing he sort of blamed early woke culture on why this movie bombed and this is a quote that i pulled on from arnold on this movie which is it was one of those things where president clinton was elected and the press somehow made the whole thing kind of political where they thought okay the 80s action guys are 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 gone here's a perfect example and then they wrote this narrative about it before anyone saw the movie that the action hero era is over Bill Clinton is in. The highbrow movies are in. That thing now. And the movie never recuperated. So that's from Arnold. And that's that's an interesting thought. I think the bigger problem was that Jurassic Park came out, like like uh, right before this. Like I think this movie
1: just got totally buried by Jurassic Park. Is that the same summer? Yeah, it's the same summer. I did not I I did not realize that. That makes um that, that I mean Jurassic Park? If it was it, so it wasn't in the theaters still though. Jurassic Park was in the theaters. Oh, okay, so that was an option for movies that we could have saw. So I would have saw Jurassic Park, obviously. Um, yeah, I didn't include it because we've done an episode like, on it, I tr- we try and do movies. We, we uh, talk I, about I, I, about. I get you, but yeah, Jurassic Park was in the theaters for like
0: almost like half a year. <laughs> yeah, it <was> like, like and <laughs> like, it, it never. I'm pretty sure it's still in the theaters in the cheap <laughs> in the cheap seats. Yeah, like I, I, maybe there was some of this where like the Democrats were poo pooing action, 80s action, vitriol, which was all very like nationalist. Like the 80s action stuff was all very like pro country stuff, especially like Rambo. So I could get it a little bit, but I I think the much bigger culprit is the fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex and velociraptors that little Brennan wants to go
1: meet. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, I hate you. Um, (laughs) It's funny that, uh, I mean, I don't. I, I really don't understand. Like the woke well, that I don't think that's true of why this movie wasn't successful. I just think it probably was not marketed right, and I don't know. But Arnold's a fucking hardcore Republican.
0: I mean, he was the Republican
1: what governor? Yeah, he was a governor of California. Seven years,
0: seven years later.
1: Yeah, and there's a really funny line actually in the movie, and I was trying to pull it, but I couldn't. I couldn't remember what the quote was. the The guy, his boss, says like. I'm going to take your badge. And, and then he says something like, be like, says, tell me when the governor gets here. And, uh, I thought it was just really, you know, that I thought it was a really funny. Oh line no. The in,
0: Lieutenant, the Lieutenant governor Lieutenant shows Go- up and right. tells him to stop. And Arnold punches him and says, tell me when the governor gets here. That's right. Thank you. Like I'm not dealing
1: with his little aid. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, uh, I, I thought that was a really good foreshadowing on, on his life. <laughs>
0: so, so, um, Let's get to our next segment. Doom shit. Um, I mentioned Arnold's existential crisis, which is just like a weird thing to give Arnold. I don't know. How do you? Did you ever think about that? What do
1: you think about that? I mean, I don't. I there, there's a the 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 moment happens is when they. I think it's when they get into a car accident in the real world. Like they do a chicken. Like in the beginning of the movie, they do a chicken scene where like chicken scenes work in the movies because someone always bails out first. But in the now he's doing it in the real world with two cars and they actually hit each other. And like the driver dies and then, and then he turns around and he sees a sign and it's like Schwarzenegger Slater four. And, and he's, he's like, I think I'm going to need to sit down or something like that. And like, I, it was, I mean, then he goes and
0: listens to like opera music with Danny's mom and yeah, he has
1: eggs. It was, we, yeah, it, it didn't really make much sense. Um, and He's, like staring at the moon or it something. makes you like it, they're trying to make people in movies like the characters in movies be real people but like that was one thing I still never understood like obviously this these this world's not real it's just in a movie and these people in the real world are real so like i always so wondering like what happens if someone dies like does does cuz the bad guy died from Jack Slater 4. Does that mean that movie's not going to exist now? I don't I don't know. <laughs> does that mean the real person dies in real world in the real world? I don't know. It never it never made any sense to me. Um, yeah, it creates a lot of like loop loopholes and bad
0: movies like looper. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's not worry about that. You could go down a, a boring could, yeah. rabbit hole. Obviously the um, biggest
1: dumb shit about this movie is how long it is. They could have I you're right. When I fell asleep to this movie at about an hour and a half last night, and had it been an hour and a half, I probably would have finished it. But then I had to finish thirty minutes of it this morning. Um, it's it's too long. It's it's a
0: half hour too long. This needs to be maybe one forty. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, but it's two. It's two eleven. So you're at least thirty minutes too long. And it's got I if you, and when you say it's easy to say, but what do you cut? And that's what screenwriters always say. Well, what do you cut? I'm telling you what you cut. It takes twenty-five minutes before Danny Manigan gets in the movie in the beginning. There's 25 minutes of build up to that. You need to get that to like five. Like Danny Manigan gets, needs to get the movie. Like, you need to figure that out somehow. And that's how you that's how you cut 20 minutes. If you cut 20 minutes on this movie, you're down to 150. You're you're probably fine. I'm probably not criticizing it.
1: Right. The other dumb shit about this movie is everything in a movie is a prop. So like If you get a bad guy that's from a movie into the real world, doesn't that immediately make all of the weapons props and all the bullets that are in them props and that big axe thing that that guy, that the Ripper has a prop? Because it wouldn't be an actual metal... Thing. I know. I know that's not a good movie. Like if that, those don't things really, don't exist, you don't.
0: You don't really get movie magic, do you, Brennan? <laughs> I, but I do know like that you the, are. You are so like boomer right now. <laughs> like you, you, you are totally missing the magic. Of, it's not a fucking prop. The, the movie's real. That axe is real. Those guns and bullets are real. If you don't believe
1: that, you you don't buy into the whole premise of the movie. But well, the, but then the people that come through it should then be still. Super. I mean, they're real. They come through, and they're real. Okay. I so their it. axe is still real. I got right? you. I got. I, I get it. I get it. I don't know that you do. I don't think. We'll you believe. see. Um. I I don't, I don't believe. I, I think there are some. You know, like I will say, is the the can't you can't you open your heart? Is death at the end of the movie, Sir Ian McKellen? Is he actually death? Because he's like, if anyone can help him. You can, but no, he's just an actor in a movie. That he, it's a Sir Ian McKellen. It's just the hang, Grim Reaper, but he's not. But he's not the Grim Grim Reaper anymore. He is the Grim Reaper. Some writer made him the Grim Reaper. Some, mo- but he doesn't movies. have the powers anymore. He's just a person now. He's having an existential crisis too. He's like, "Am I the Grim Reaper or am I Sir Ian McKellen?" Wait, that's a good point. The Grim Reaper, when he comes into the
0: quote real world. Doesn't he make somebody sick? Doesn't he touch somebody and, like, curse them to death or something? Isn't there a scene where he, like, touches somebody and they just start coughing profusely in the real world? Yes, uh uh-huh. Okay, so then he really is the Grim Reaper.
1: Well. He came through into the real world and started collecting souls like a motherfucker. (laughs) Um, Also, at this time, is Suri McKellen a a big actor or is is this, like, a really... I mean, this is before Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah, but, like... So no. So, but okay. I, I didn't know like if he had a had a big career in the '80s or in the '70s. I just didn't, you know, like he's an he's an old man by the time he does Lord of the Rings. Um, well, he certainly wasn't known by a bunch of basic ass white kids like me. That's true. Um, I don't have any. I mean, there's the the movies based around dumb shit, like and so like there's like the stuff that happens in the movie world, like.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, it's
1: bo- it, the movie's based around dumb shit, so the dumbest shit is when it gets serious,
0: because it's like, this whole movie's supposed to be kind of dumb.
1: Right. Yeah, there should have been a way they wrapped this movie up in the in the movie instead of having it come to the real world. I get why they did it, but like really, I feel like it could have been a, a much stronger movie. It was about the kid having to get his golden ticket back to get to the real world, and not bringing these characters into it. I get the reason why they did it. Probably so they could have that, bi- that scene where all the actors are there, like at a at the um, sc- the screening of the of the new one but like I really feel like they could have cut yeah th- there's a lot of ways they could have cut 30 minutes in this movie I agree um, so anyway do you have any final thoughts yeah they should remake this movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Macaulay Culkin
0: it's not a ta- terrible idea I mean not Macaulay Culkin <laughs>
1: but
0: um,
1: well now you know Arnold ah, with The Rock they should remake this movie with The Rock oh. <laughs> Your <Gag>. favorite. <laughs> I hate, God, I just,
0: I don't like The Rock. Isn't there, isn't there some new up and coming action here? The Rock, it's been 20 years
1: of The Rock already. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's old already. uh You could do it with like some like Marvel guy. You could probably do it with like uh, Him, Captain uh, Hemsworth, Captain America, or I don't know, someone like that. They could, they could just make fun of that. um They make, they make one of the Marvel heroes come back into the real world. And yeah, it's come, come on, Disney, you could do that. Um, you know, I've said if I ever get a remake Commando,
0: which is like my life dream, I and if I was doing it like right now, I would. the person I would want to play the role that Arnold had played would be um, Channing Tatum or Common. Or, or Common? Common. Common's a great actor. Oh, he's a great, he's
1: a great actor. I was just like, that's an interesting choice for Commando. Common um. is common is built and he's a great
0: actor and why he isn't an action star already, i don't know somebody needs to give him that shot and i want it to be me Mm.
1: well yeah other than that maybe they could they could maybe make this into like a netflix series or something i don't know they could do something with this script or this story starring common starring common um yeah final any other final thoughts no, I like
0: this movie. It's too long, and so it keeps me from rewatching it too often. But I do like it, and it's fun, and I'm never bored. It's And it's an action-filled movie. There's some really funny scenes. There's some really clever shit. There's some really cool performances. It's just not the sum of its parts. Yeah.
1: I will say I was really pleasantly surprised when I got on HBO Max, and I was going through new new movies that had just released and it was one of the movies that had just released because i was like i do not want to have to go and subscribe to stars again um because it was on stars and now it's on hbo max which is a lot easier for me to watch so good so yeah watch it on hbo
0: max watch last action hero it's a pretty good arnold movie it's you know not his top five but it's you know it's in his top 10 i would say so yeah so anyway i want to ask one more time if you can give those kick-ass five star reviews For Apple iTunes music, we'd really appreciate it. You can email the show at super90sbrothers at gmail.com, all spelled out. Um, Ask us about show topics. Tell us why we're stupid. Tell us things we fucked up today. And get your name on the air. Um, We're at super90sbrothers at bro on Twitter. You can check out my shit at adampitzler.com. And uh, for Brennan Pointer, I am Adam Pitzler. This has been another car-exploding episode of Super 90s Bros, Last Action Hero Style. So if you find yourself stuck in a movie, make sure you bring your magic ticket.
1: Peace.